1: i <laughs>
2: Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Love Hour Podcast. I am your host, Miss on Stage, and I am joined by my husband and co-host.
0: The on Stage. Uh,
2: the Love Hour Podcast is a place where we talk about life, love, and the pursuit of happiness. Kevin and I are not experts, but we do share our experiences and revelations and all of those things. And we often have guests, um, expert guests, to help aid in our communication and knowledge in this space and to help you as well. And today, we have a very special, special guest on someone that I have been a fan of listening to her podcast for the last few years and that is none other than Dr. Laurie Ann Watson.
0: Laurie Ann Watson, up in peace.
2: <laughs> I am so excited to have you, you here. She is a host of an, a podcast as well yes. for Playsex Radio. Fourplay play Radio Sex Therapy. I always okay. mix it all the way together all the time. Um, and Sex and Couples Therapy Sex now. and Couples Therapy. They have a um, retreat <laughs> that they do every year. It's All of it is fantastic. You guys make sure that you guys check her out. Um, but before we get too far into it, I will allow you the opportunity to introduce yourself to our audience if Thank they're you. unfamiliar with you.
3: Okay, so I am a certified sex therapist by ASECT. It's a national organization. And I'm a licensed marriage family therapist and a podcaster at Foreplay. I direct a center of about I think we have ten clinicians now in Raleigh, North Carolina and Greensboro. so we have two two areas that we uh, work out of, and we're all sex therapists and couples therapists. And let's see. What else do I do? I teach at UNC Chapel Hill and Duke in their medical communities mm-hmm. and their medical um, all, all kinds of different branches of the medical community there and all sorts of programs. And that's what I do.
2: I am so excited.
0: Go ahead. She's Kim. also going to be at the Raleigh show next week. Yes, Wednesday. I am. So if you buy, buy tickets, the Thursday show is sold yes. out. Wednesday still has tickets. Oh, you that's
3: could, that's so fun. Okay, yeah. Perfect. So
0: just want to throw the tour in there because I'll be promoting <laughs> <Yes. laughs> um, it. Oh, thank you. Yes, we are I get to see Kevin on, yeah. st- on, stage. Okay, on stage
2: on stage yeah <laughs> um, so I'm so excited for this episode and the reason why is because um, obviously this pod I try to have as many different varying perspectives on the podcast as possible and talk about multiple um, you know multiple things but I all I can only talk from my experience and sure. my experience uh, with Kevin and I and our dynamic is that I am um, the lower desire and Kevin's a higher desire and something that's really important to me is to shed light on high desire women Good. Um, to normalize that that's right and uh, we're out there yes and I wanted someone that had both and you, I was literally the perfect person because you are a higher desire woman and an LMFT so yes. I love when people have like the education and you have like the literal experience, life experience right. to make sense of that with the research and right. education behind it so I'm like this is perfect and it's going to be so great because I know um, the information that you're going to offer um, these women are going it's just going to be phenomenal so I'm like super excited and I keep kissing this mic I'm going to move it Okay, yeah, it's very gross. I did not like that at all. Um,
1: <laughs> gotta
0: kiss other stuff.
1: Okay,
0: um, so yeah, <laughs> we're going to
2: dive right in. Just a suggestion. Yeah, yes. Just <laughs> right. it's, it's Valentine's You're Day. Yes, right? You get it on Valentine's my, Day. My, it's a little kiss. Happy let me birthday. tell you why this is going to be great because Dr. Lori it is always for sexual innuendos, like all the time she catches them. I
1: am. Yes, I
3: am. you know. But I grew up like you did, kind of churchy, and so I didn't hear them for a long time. Mm-hmm. I didn't let myself hear them. Right. I'm oh. And then later on, I you know allowed myself to, and now I can't stop hearing them. Yes, it's like it's everywhere. I hear them
0: everywhere. That's what yeah. she said. That's one of my favorite jokes of any TV show because sure. that's how I am. I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, that's what she said. And then one time, my son <laughs> said, and I was like, "That's not what she said." she will <laughs> never say anything to you. You understand yeah. me? Not to your merit And I just right. didn't want him. I didn't want him to get it. Yeah. At, at thirteen.
1: Right. And he
2: totally does. But he totally too. got it. He, does. he totally got it. Do. Um, So, Doctor Lore, I think this is going to definitely be a connection, Kev, because. She's always I here for immune, up top. Yeah, <laughs> I desire it's up top. On
0: top. So,
2: can on bottom. And, oh I be and,
0: <laughs> and the side is good. That's side boring. is underrated. Side low becoming one of my faves. You can go from Netflix and chill to right up in that vid That's gotcha. Vaginaville and then go right to sleep without even moving oh love the side yeah. it doesn't get as much play on the Kama Sutra it's like oh upside down I break know. my leg side is solid side is solid it's the white bread of sex like you used it in so many different ways sandwiches
1: croutons
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> toast <laughs>
1: okay so
0: so what
2: we want to do um I think is start off by offering definitions okay okay so one of the things that I notice in your podcast because you guys know that anyone that's a a guest on a podcast I'm a literal fan of so like I said I've been listening to this podcast for a few years now but I noticed that you don't always use the term high desire low desire you True. often say um, sexual True. pursuer and distancer that's right okay so can and you it, kind of explain it, go ahead sure it's slightly
3: different and that's why so
2: okay.
3: um, we're talking about um, sort of the action the direction of our actions So a sexual pursuer is somebody who goes toward their partner sexually, asks for sex, initiates. They actually may not be high-desire. So I, I don't know if that makes oh, any sense, but the action tendency is, you know, we we feel um, usually it is a higher desire person. Mm-hmm. But it could be, you know, a person who has moderate desire, but who knows and experiences love as sex and knows their partner does, too. Got so it. eventually they pursue in they that take direction the onus
0: to, to pursue the That's sex. That's right. They, That's right. OK, I understand. That. A
3: sexual distancer is also somebody who. You know who who doesn't feel um, necessarily sex as love doesn't necessarily feel that as a connection, but maybe they masturbate every day. You know, so it's a little confusing. So we're we're talking about an action tendency. So think about okay, think about this, and I think it's complicated because there's also the emotional pursuer and emotional distancer. There's there's I heard that difference. Two ways. ways. Mm. So. Think about, uh, okay, so I'm both. Okay. I'm a sexual pursuer and an emotional pursuer. I like talking and closeness and spending time together, and I really like sex, and I feel love, feel pleasure sexually, and like that, and pursue my husband for that. But think about maybe a woman who, she likes closeness, talking, spending time together, but for whatever reason, she's not as interested in intimacy in bed. So she's an emotional pursuer, a sexual distancer. So a man may be, mm-hmm. you know, emotionally distant. You know, he's all about the his sexual work. Pursuer. Right, he's all about his work. His energy sort of emotionally goes toward his career, but uh, sexually, his energy goes toward his wife. So he's emotionally distant, sexually pursuing. Okay, I'm going to throw a couple curveballs. So think about the hookup guy. Yes. Okay, so he's sexually pursuing. Mm-hmm. Right, he wants it, but he's not going to give his heart. He don't even think like that. Mm-mm. So he's emotionally distancing, but so it, it you know it's just it, it depends on the extreme.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
3: And some people are shut down. I think the hardest guy um, to work with is the guy who is emotionally distant and sexually distant. But again, he could be masturbating every day.
0: He's masturbating he just, every day. It's he doesn't
3: move toward a partner sexually, right? Because yeah. his body is still filled with testosterone. He needs it. But this is about the action tendency toward a partner. So to me, as a therapist, it just helps me clarify, okay, what are we dealing with and how do we help them?
2: I really like... Um, the dive down into this, because Mm -hmm. I think that we often, at least in my mind, I've coupled those two things together automatically. So high desire is pursuer and um, emotion as well. Mm -hmm. But what you're actually saying is, how do you interpret love? And the Mm -hmm. way that you interpret love may be the way that you uh, pursue so right. if my interpretation of love is through closeness and talking and this then i'm going to uh, uh, pursue that type of closeness in or be that type of emotional pursuers the word yes. you said. but if i interpret love through sexual intimacy then that's what i'm going to pursue right right i love that i and, i actually really do and i
3: think you know women uh particularly we are socialized to be emotional pursuers yes we have to tune in um to really kind of find our power to be nuanced and how we read people, and how we think about people, and I think we're shut down socially to be sexual pursuers. I mm-hmm. mean, we're told we're sluts, we're whores yes. if we want it. Um, there's not really a much of a healthy view about a woman who wants sex. Either she's you know uh, promiscuous, or something's wrong with her. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I I do a blog. I get so much great feedback on my uh, podcast, but I also write a blog for Psychology Today and. You know, I am just trash there all the time because mm. people are saying there's no such thing as women pursuers. There's no such thing as women sexual really? pursuers. They just they've never seen it, you know. So
0: I feel like we are uh, definitely um, socialized mm-hmm. that a man goes out and conquers. You go hunt right for food for right. women. You have ten different. You are the man. If you and got you, ten different. You brands. have
3: to focus, right? Yeah. You have to focus your energy on providing and mm-hmm. getting. Yes.
0: For yeah. women, if you do that, like you said, it's so it 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 both it hides the women who are like that. It it, mm-hmm. it, it the women who are open about it, they're called hoes. Yep. And the women who are quiet about it, it, it furthers the the myth that they don't exist.
3: Yeah, and I, I mean I think that we don't talk about it as as a woman's sexual pursuer. Um I've just recently told this story. I've told all kinds of stories on the podcast with <laughs> George actually, my new co-host. You know, he makes me feel really safe. Yeah. he's a really good container and holder mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. of, um, you know, material and what I say. So it's, it, I feel even better there. But um, George Fowler, he's the he's the bomb.
2: He's really good. Uh, yeah. yeah.
3: So uh, what I was saying is, um, you know, when I, when I was a, a little girl, I mean, I somehow or another, I got the message from my mother that sex was okay and sex was good. But I think, as a grown woman, when I got married, I remember asking my girlfriends, this was like the first few months of marriage, and they were all talking about you know their husbands and all this. I said, "Well, what do you do when your husband says no? Crickets, you know, just dead silence. Mm-hmm. They looked at me like, uh, well, what do you mean? <laughs> our husband never says no, and we never ask right there's there's <laughs> there's never room to ask right right you know he's asking us, and I just remember feeling like just this tremendous shame like mm-hmm. what you know I felt so embarrassed and that's why we don't talk about it that that's is- why you don't hear about right. it yeah. is because the high desire woman is not going to chime in at the cocktail party when all the Absolutely other women not. are saying oh my guy's ha- pawned me you know he's all over me and we're not going to say oh mine's not nope. you know because you feel like what does that mean I'm what not attractive yes no. I'm not desirable yes. I'm not wanted and, and so all that you know the only the logical way you make sense of it is that there's something wrong with me right yep. yeah so you're not going to talk about that so that's why you don't hear about it
2: oh my gosh i want to come back on this point really quickly but we've run come several laps around um this already and running is important but you need to do that with great shoes <laughs> so i want to tell you about rothy's i was running errands all weekend, Melissa. I've been running errands since like Saturday. Probably like playing chauffeur with the kids on Sunday. I did some things yesterday. I did even more things. The, the I, I did the most yesterday. Um, and literally I did them in my Rothy's. I did all all every day this weekend through yesterday. I wore my Rothy's because they are comfortable and stylish. And even when I'm running errands, you look a little bit kind of want to be cute. Although yesterday I was looking amazing broke, busted and disgusted uh oh, but so my cute. shoes but my shoes were on point
0: though you know what's they- interesting yesterday you said usually when you don't wear your rafis you're saying oh my whole body hurts but my feet are really killing yes me. yesterday you, you didn't say my, my feet, feet were didn't hurt. hurt you were saying you know i'm sore my shoulders, my shoulders do hurt. you never said your feet hurt
2: my feet did not hurt and i literally y'all know how it is to be a mama on the weekends running errands going to soccer games dropping your kids off at their friend's house seller. doing all the things like I was just literally just doing all the things I have the black pair they're basic because sometimes I be basic uh, but they go with everything but they have multiple styles prints colors patterns anything that will float your boat um, they have available to you if you are in the service business where you are standing on your feet whether that's a bank teller a hairdresser a barber these are a great option for you Rothy's coming every changing array of colors, prints, and patterns, and they're available in a range of styles like sneakers and loafers plus many more. It will blow your mind that they're made from repurposed plastic water bottles. In fact, Rothy's has diverted over 35 million water bottles from landfills already. Check out the amazing styles right now available at rothys.com slash love hour. Go to rothys.com slash love hour to get your now. new favorite flats. Comfortable style and and sustainability. These are the shoes you've been waiting for. Head to rothys.com/slash love hour. Well thank you guys so much for sponsor or for supporting our sponsors because, of course, that allows us to bring free content to you. So, thank you guys so much. Um, okay, so I want to come back on this like rejection and what okay. is wrong with me. One question that comes up um, quite often, and, and I kind of want to do a little bit of a deep dive, is talking about the rejection that a woman feels when she is. Is the um, sexual pursuer mm-hmm. as opposed to the rejection a man may feel mm-hmm. like where there is again crossover like the some of the rejection that a, both a man and a woman would feel and then maybe if there is a difference because women we may feel things differently or interpret things different i'm not quite sure but maybe we can go into that sure i
3: mean i think asking for your partner to be sexual with you is really the most vulnerable thing in the world. It's, so it's like
0: so, so
3: primitive, right? It's like touch me baby in the way that makes me feel good. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just so Please
0: put this inside of your body for a little bit.
3: Yeah. Or can you put it inside my body for a little bit? Yeah. You know, I mean, it's, oh, it's yeah, I tough.
0: So. Hey, put that, in my, <laughs> okay. put that in my body. All right. Well, can I just finish the
3: game?
0: No, <laughs> put it in my body now. I want
1: that
3: in here. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> it's, it's so vulnerable. So I think, Man or woman, it's a vulnerable ask. But I think men, y'all got company. You know, I mean, there's other men oh. who
0: yeah. will who will
3: sympathize with you and we say, are you getting some?
0: He ain't getting none, you know? Jack. Right. I tried for three days in a row. I ain't had something. Oh, wait. That's right. <laughs> but I can, get, I can see how women don't be feeling like that. Yeah. Right,
3: because we don't have company. We don't talk about it. The shame, you know, silences us. And so I think there's a sense of being all alone in it that adds to the feeling of rejection.
1: Mm-hmm. So,
3: I mean, I, you know, my husband and I have worked it out now, but it was a long time and uh, we, we talk about it now, and he's, you know, first of all, I think his understanding of what I went through and his sense of, you know, it wasn't how you looked. It wasn't not me not being attracted to you. It was about my own difficulty with that kind of intimacy. You know, he's like, I was a young man. I'd come from this really distant family. Sex was so intimate. And he had desire, you mm-hmm. know. He had desire, but it was just... All of it was too much living together, getting married. You know, he he just felt that claustrophobia Mm. and sex was a way that felt more intimate. So he backed down. Mm -hmm. And I I think at the time, oh, my gosh, at the time I felt so rejected and I was angry all the time. Mm -hmm. You know, so I was the critical pursuing partner. You don't spend enough time with me. You don't have enough sex with me you know, all of that kind of stuff. And and definitely, we, you know, we came to the brink um, because of that. And I, I think it wasn't until we began to sort of work out intimacy that sex started to work out. Um, because it wasn't that we, uh, well, we didn't really know how to do it. We were churchy, and <laughs> we were both really, really naive, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, so I, I think for me, also sort of, having been churchy and all this was like, okay, woohoo, we're married. Yeah. Everything goes, it's going to be so cool. And then it was like, my partner didn't really want to do everything. It was like, oh no. Mm. So I had also, I think that sense of, you know, am I too much? I think that's what the pursuer goes through is um, sexual or emotional. I'm just too much for you.
0: As a person.
3: As a person. Yeah.
0: That's a I I think that's an important distinction. Like not, this is a, This ask is too much. I am too much. I am too much. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Because I think, you know, when we come out of childhood, so this theory that we've got going in terms of pursuer and distancer actually comes out of something called attachment theory, which is rooted in science. It is the most researched theory. Mm. And we come out of childhood with three different styles. So one of them is a secure attachment. And this is usually a family where there was enough affection. There was economic security. And you kind of had both parts good structure good love okay. and so you you come out of childhood thinking you know I'm an okay person yeah i I deserve love and you know I should be loved both sexually and emotionally and um you know that really makes a difference in terms of how you relate you're not anxious you know, it, you, you have mood stability, mm-hmm. whereas when you come out of childhood with either avoidant or anxious style. So the avoidant um, person comes out and it's like they didn't get enough hardly at all. So they protect themselves. Mm. They say, I'm not going to need I'm just not going to need too much. That was more my husband's style. To let himself need sexually, to let himself need emotionally. I'm
2: not going to open myself to be be vulnerable. Right. It was to be
3: rejected in childhood. So his inner vow, is what I call it, was to grow up and say, I'm just not going to need. So his growth path was, how do I let myself need to somebody who wants to give to me? Mm. And I was more anxiously attached. So it was like I grew up my, my caretakers were intermittent. Sometimes they were there, sometimes they weren't. So I, I just didn't know. I was always like anxious, Mm -hmm. you know, is it safe to need? Do I need to back up and take care of myself? Do I need to be independent? So, you know, you come out of it, but basically you feel a little frenetic, Mm -hmm. you know, you, you, you keep the ask up, you keep the pressure on and usually pursuers end up being critical. So it was a perfect setup, right? He didn't need, but I kept criticizing him. So he's like, okay, so I'm, I am not enough. Right. And I'm like, damn straight you're not enough, <laughs> right? <laughs> right, and that's what I'm feeling because I'm feeling abandoned right. and I'm feeling like, like not given to and oh my God, you know, I'm in this for life. What are we gonna do? And so all the messages he got were, you know, I'm failing you. I'm being rejected because I'm not good enough.
0: I can see that. And
3: and yeah. mine was like I'm being deprived. I'm, you know, I my needs are never going to be too much. I'm not a very good person cuz I demand too much. Mm. You know, so this this setup is an emotional problem in most marriages. I mean, to some degree or another we go through that. Yeah. But I definitely went through that.
2: Do you have a question? No, no, no. So my question is, um, they're saying that you're so open, and I'm like, this is why I love you so much. Like honestly, I appreciate all. I'm of getting this. more open.
3: Uh, yeah, um, I mean,
2: I've told the whole world now that I masturbate. Like last
3: episode was <laughs> on female was on masturbation, and I would never talked about it really openly before. And um, and George was asking me, and I told this story about how when I was like in my 20s, um, I was in a dentist chair and I had to be put under, and my big fear was I was gonna like come out of anesthesia and tell everybody, tell the dentist that I masturbated. That was my big (laughs) confession. And, and guys, so I thought, you know what? So since I since I've told the dance. world,
0: mons <laughs> pubis, baby, yeah, that's right. Naps, that's naps, that's so, great. So napping now that now
3: that I know and have told everybody that you I can, can feel free. I can, you can go be to the dentist. Schedule
0: that appointment.
1: I can you go be... to the dentist.
0: <laughs> I can say
2: clit on the radio.
0: Clit on the radio. <laughs> that's um, right. So what funny. is this?
2: Clitoris. So my question is for those people. I mean, now that you're like. Oh, on the other
0: side. no. funny because let me just say, say this. Yes,
2: just say
3: this.
0: Churchy people, lots of us, yes. we cannot fathom the idea of masturbation.
3: Oh, I it know. It is
0: taught that it is sinful and that's, wrong. I know. I'm here to help you guys break every chain. Yeah. That that's includes right. the masturbation chain. That's Sorry, right. Tasha Cobbs. I don't know if that's what you meant when you were in it. Is that When you wrote it. But the masturbation as a healthy exploration of sexual beings is not taught that's the right. The opposite is taught i don't know how for women uh when i was a kid i didn't ever hear it directed towards the girls in the oh Bible it wasn't it was just another boys don't message do that. right yeah, another, another message
3: that said girls don't do that
0: just yeah. silence my, boys my, don't do it girls we're not even going to mention it right so. one way or the other
3: my, my churchy experience was if you did it you could become demon possessed
0: Oh, wow. possessed.
3: it wasn't that you grew warts on your hands it that you could get a demon that's a that's, <laughs> oh my God. it's a scare tactic that's a work it was a serious scare so tactic good, yeah really that's a like scare a tactic demon. that's right
0: that's right Woo. <laughs> i don't think people in church when i was growing up i don't think they were having healthy sex it, it's oh, no. normal
3: it's normal to masturbate you know y'all. it's funny
0: Our kid, we had to talk about sex with our kids, and me and Melissa had to decide what are we going to tell them about. We did because there's what what we were taught. There's what we now feel, but there's that feeling of like transition. Yeah, you know, because mind you, we're 36. These thoughts are at most two and a half years old.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: At most, I remember. I think we talked about this. I don't remember what episode. A pastor wrote uh, or had a video series about masturbation, why it's healthy and sex. Okay, and use scripture. And I showed it to Melissa, and we just like watched it, and then we're just like, nah, man, right. that's crazy talk. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That was about three years ago. So we got 33 years of our life is this is wrong. It's yeah. hard to go to this is right. All mm-hmm. we want to do for our kids is if we can just start them up with a healthy view from the beginning right. of the whole purview of sex, sex STDs, children, right. uh, all, you know. Pleasure. Pleasure and all that. Hopefully, they're not starting from the same place that we are starting from, but a lot of people I know, church people are like, "Ooh, mass back, can't touch that. That ain't even just for my husband only,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know." But if you could, if it wasn't supposed to be touched, why you can't tickle yourself? Yeah, but you can tickle yourself.
3: Yeah, and children, all children do it.
0: <laughs> yeah, and we pop little girls. Don't touch. Don't uh, play with that.
3: Yeah, and they mm-hmm. pop little boys too. Yeah. So I mean, they both, pop
0: me. Both are getting popped. Like, play with my doorstopper. <laughs> <I
2: can>. <laughs> <laughs> my question to you is: Now that you are at a point where you're, you know a confident woman in being a sexual pursuer like what are the steps that you can maybe give to other women out there that are in this space and all they feel is the shame associated with that i don't want to say title but like kind of that role
3: well right i mean if you do believe in god i mean you have a clitoris that the only function of the clitoris is for orgasm and pleasure so your very body tells you the way you are put together tells you that you know you are supposed to experience pleasure as a woman that it's not just a man thing it's yes. a woman thing i mean it's men have their penis has a dual function mm-hmm. our clitoris has only one function which is for sex that was great, and great. So pleasure so i mean i think you just you have to god ex- was more you know, generous to y'all he was <laughs> and we we have multiple orgasms i mean we can y'all, have multiple yeah. orgasms
0: in a night different uh, areas
3: we can think orgasms Seriously, I, I, so much. I have a, a guy friend who says, "Man, if if men could think oh, orgasms, no. the oh. world would stop. They'd all be just like <laughs>
2: <blink>. <laughs> <laughs> the IG <Magini> blink. Exactly. <laughs> oh,
1: yeah.
3: No, I mean we just we have incredible capacity, but I I think that we're shut down because we don't surrender to, to our bodily a, pleasure. Mm-hmm. You guys we're not Captain Marvel to do before that.
0: she had those shackles taken off her power. Mm-hmm. So the powers were holding her back, and then they broke the shackles. She was like, "Oh, these are my powers. This is my power. That's your clitoral my power. power. That's glitter. Right. <laughs> <clitoral laughs>
2: th- <laughs> th- <laughs> <laughs> I love it.
1: Uh, okay, we're we're
2: best do. friends over I here. Know, <laughs> I know. Our I know. Pre- I love know. This I know they are. <laughs> too. That's
0: right. That's right. Um,
3: what was like? I think you know. Also, I think body image is a huge um, part that really inhibits women and. You know they're so hung up. It's like you know they're on top. Oh, he can see my saggy breasts, or he can see the dimples on my thighs, or you know I hear women so critical about their bodies that they cannot feel their bodies. Mm. They're just watching. They're watching with it criticism, and they don't. They're not inhabiting what they're feeling. So I got a little solution. Go uh, for it. Um, this is just a technique, but what I suggest first of all, I mean, take a deep breath, like to truly learn how to meditate that that's helpful Mm -hmm. in terms of focus but also squeeze your kegel muscles so because it's very hard it is it's very hard to squeeze your kegel muscles without Mm -hmm. concentrating Mm -hmm. and it's like it sucks your soul into your body right Mm -hmm. yeah
2: Listen these people
3: exit.
0: It's so
2: your butt.
1: It
3: says you come into your. it
2: centers you. <laughs> it
3: centers you. Yeah.
2: I like it. Um you I feel be, your pelvis again. Yeah, you do. I did it and immediately was like I'm here. Um did like other, And
3: it can feel good. We did it. We can do it without. Yep. We're doing it right now.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Everyone in the audience. It's been another episode. (laughs) Everybody's going to the house Um, before the kids get out of school.
2: (laughs) My my other question or something you kind of alluded to, and I just kind of want to come back to it is one of the things that really kind of helped me in my own personal journey. What really was education. So even Mm -hmm. when you were just talking about the clitoris and the fact that it only has one sole function, I think starting to. Um, like wipe your slate clean as far as what you've been told and what Mm -hmm. you've learned from like your parents or society or what you've internalized or whatever. Educating yourself about your own body I think is one of the most empowering things you can do for yourself in any capacity but specifically when you're talking about like your own sexual well-being education is a very powerful tool
3: yeah because I mean we have childhood messages that are wrong Mm -hmm. you know childhood messages that tell us our genitals stink Mm -hmm. that we're dirty all those things so another quick trick that Mm -hmm. I suggest and this my girlfriends tease me and they're like you actually tell women to do this I said I do so what I want women to do who like grow up thinking that somehow or another down there is bad and dirty I'm like okay every time you go to the bathroom I want you to smell your underwear because you actually don't smell bad they they have conditioned themselves to say this smells bad and eventually of course I'm going to want them to taste themselves you know because it's like what you're talking <laughs> Dr. Watson <laughs> right. taste himself yes yes sure. it, <laughs> <God>. <laughs> because first of all I think women are pretty tasteless usually like after oral 32 sex
1: flavors
0: uh,
3: a woman tastes herself with the bacteria from a man's mouth and that tastes different, different than she tastes. Hold
0: it, hold it, hold. I got it. Right? I, I got lost. So,
3: okay, so women like say, you know, I don't ever want to taste myself after he's gone down on me. You know, because oh, I, that, that's oh, the tongue that, bacteria. Yeah, right. Got it, got it, okay. Mouth bacteria, mingled, you know, that, that tastes different than what he's tasting. Got it. And so I want her to taste herself directly, you know, just to see. Why,
0: what, do they, what is the taste test for?
3: The taste test, because she's convinced that she doesn't taste good. Mm. And so I'm like, okay, is that really true? You like, pretty tasteless
2: okay so my mind's a little bit blown right now but I'm gonna tell you why <laughs> I, uh, I, I don't, am I going too much no 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 I actually some people don't like their boundaries to be like pressed. I actually do like my boundaries to be pressed because uh it just helps me grow and, okay. I, and I like to grow. So, but I'm going to tell you, so my hesitation in this is simply because I'm like, I don't know. But <laughs> what I like about it is that you are right. Yeah. The fact of the matter is I have internalized ideas about what I smell like, what I taste like. I can't do this. I can't do that because I, you know what I mean? So I have my own kind of things that I hold on to. So really a great way to like break through is to do it yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I'm not mad Do at the. the work. I'm not mad. Yeah, it's doing the, Do work. the work. So I'm not mad at it, but I'm also just kind of like, e, I don't know. I'm scared. This is my coochie. I don't <laughs> know. <Taste> me. And <laughs> men
3: frankly, I think men should taste their semen.
2: Ho, ho, ho. They,
3: oh no, <laughs> they
0: need to know what their standards. No, she didn't say taste your your organs. She just said taste your your v flu She did yeah. say taste. No vaginal fluid. That's a v right, flu. Right.
3: You and know, men she, should she, she, taste or, their fluid. Too. I, right, I mean it's it's all.
0: What you essential. talking? I don't have enough drink enough water for that. I've mean, been having too much pepper. I could probably taste like battery acid. I want no,
2: it doesn't. It, a little base.
3: I'm actually. about to taste
0: myself tonight. <laughs> oh, she, she just talked about the pH skills Yeah, it is alkaline water. I really haven't yeah. been drinking no soda. i would be heavy on the alkaline.
3: That's good. I probably That's taste amazing. Alkaline
0: semen probably tastes rich. <laughs> I'll taste it if you taste it. We should
2: taste each other. I want. I would smell. I'm actually that, not against smelling. all about that. Mm-hmm. I think. Um, I think smelling is totally fine. I think that's actually like I would be down for that.
3: This and women is, taste different like throughout their month.
0: I've heard oh, you know, so sometimes
3: that. it's like heavier, musky. Sometimes it's completely like odorless. Odourless. Yeah. So it's all good though. It's all as long as good. you don't have an infection, you're good.
2: I'm going to tell you what else is really girlfriend, great, girlfriend. You smell good. I love that. I'm here for it. I'll tell you what else is really great. Um, Having a great bra because while you're tasting yourself, the least you could do is have perky boobs as well. <laughs> so I want to tell you about Third Love. You guys know how I feel about Third Love. You guys are supporting oh. Third Love. Every review I've ever gotten from a person that, a woman that's bought a Third Love bla- bra has loved them. But I know you guys are supporting because they sent me um, all the other bra shot I bought. Okay, don't be twisted. But they did send me a new bra and I got the new one. I should have looked up the name. But it's the one that kind of has the V cut. So if you're wearing a low cut shirt, your bra doesn't um, poke through. Or peek through on your shirt Like through the low cutness okay um, and I actually really like it I have been wearing their bras nonstop. you guys know this they have nude colors for all skin tones from the lightest to the darkest what I actually really 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 enjoy because diversity is a thing and so I'm always happy for people that can represent from the low or from the very light to the very dark um, they have over 80 bra sizes they have their signature half sizes you go online you take their um, fit finders test After after you do it, they do a suggestion because, like most of us are out here wearing the wrong size bra. That's why our shoulders hurt, that's why our backs hurt, that's why our bras are not high and lifted up. And these are the things that we need in our lives. Third Love knows that there's a perfect bra for everyone. So right now they're offering my listeners 15% off your first order. Go to thirdlove.com slash love hour right out. now to find your perfect fitting bra and get 15% off your first purchase in my last um, pictures that we just posted on Instagram you guys were talking about my arms and how they are like Michelle Obama Angela Bassett cut yeah if you guys want these arms I'm trying to tell you what you need to do and that is join open fit going to the gym is hard don't nobody got time for that we are busy busy women we got things to do and kids to pick up so being able to turn roll out of bed turn on the tv and start working out from the convenience of your home, own home in your living room in as little as 10 minutes a day is the way to go for the busy modern woman sculpt your body in the convenience of your own home no longer worry about others watching you work out or feel the pressure to keep up with your peers at the gym open fit brings the gym to you and is great for all fitness levels open fit has changed the way we work out kevin works out um, by texting my and you can join right now by texting <laughs> my code love to love. 50 50 50 you can join us on our fitness journey personalized just for you right now during the open fit 14 day challenge my listeners get a special extended 14 day free trial membership to open fit when you text love that's L O V E to 50, 50 50 you will get full access to open fit all the workout and nutrition information totally free again just text love, love. Bless you. excuse me You're or yes bless you I was gonna say you're welcome <laughs> again just text love that's l-o-v-e, L-O-V-E to 50 50 50 standard message and data rates may apply all right so after you've completed the taste test which I don't think this is a bad <laughs> idea
0: are you willing to do it yeah
2: I don't know about it all that being able to I'm, say it's not I'm, a bad idea and I'm listen to do it. it.
0: Are you really gonna Absolutely. do it? Absolutely. I you know what? I, I thought I was freaking you said that I was like, Oh, Doctor Watson, I'm hideous. <laughs> uh, but I listen, I'm all about it. I don't know what's going. I mean, to be down it cr- there. it
3: creates flexibility, right? Because then you can have oral sex at different times after you've had intercourse. Then the guy's not freaked out by tasting himself. Oh, I got you. You can kiss after you know he's gone down on her and she's not freaked out. I mean, it's good. It's a lot of flexibility. I think
0: what you're saying is a lot of it's a it's lot. Of, get out of it's your head. It's in your head. You're, I mean, there's a sex taste, yep. sex
3: smells. I mean, it is it is reinterpreting that as sexual. Instead of stinky or bad, I, I mean, I think we we've just heard these messages that are wrong. Yeah, and so our brain associates the smell that is natural with bad and stinky, or you know, that is a good point. That's so it, only it, it ultra
0: clean becomes clean. Your your yeah. natural state is not clean enough for sex,
3: right? I I like don't like it when my husband uses mouthwash before we have sex. I, I mean, I want to taste him. I don't want mm-hmm. to. Uh, I, I hate it. Like after dinner, I'd rather taste wine on his breath than, you know, mouthwash. Mm. Or, you
1: know? Yeah,
3: get in there. Although maybe after the gym, the shower is really good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, wait, you there should tell us your tip. There are things. Okay, t- are certain you things.
2: gave okay. us a tip before we started about after the gym. Great sex happens after the 30 minutes yes. after Yes. Okay, before say the, it again. So
3: after exercise, uh, basically that 30-minute window, you are more easily aroused. Your body is basically warmed up, right? It's revved up. And so Mm. everything works better.
0: I'm learning a lot. I didn't Mm. think I was going to learn this much from this episode because I'm not the target person, uh, target market for this as a higher desire woman. Uh, I'm not a higher desire woman, but I'm learning a lot. I am higher desire, though. central pursuer. Sexual pursuer.
2: And Dr. Lori Lori has all the tips.
0: I never have been pushed (laughs) in the love hour Beyond my comfort zone. Really? No. Until you said taste yourself. No. I'm always like, yeah, yeah, let's do that. You said taste yourself. I was like, whoa. Whoa. Let's pump the brakes. Taste myself? No. Yes. Uh, Kombucha yes. girl. Kombucha's <laughs> not good.
2: That's okay, right. so one of the things that I think um, people have fun. I am,
3: I'm so looking forward to coming and see you. Oh, I'm going to hit In you. North Carolina. Yeah. Oh, the I'm show's going to be great. You know I, what's I gotta, great
0: about this? This year's tour is called Slightly Problematic. I get to do marriage jokes and jokes that I cannot do at churches. Yes, so it is my personal favorite set so oh, far sure. because I have the shackles. Now, sometimes my audience is like, "Oh my gosh, Kev. but it's only if they haven't been watching the Love Hour.
1: Uh-huh. If you
0: watch the Love Hour, there's be nothing known. I say on stage. Right. Matter of fact, the stage version of me is not even as crazy as the Love Hour. Really? The Love Hour and Dear Kev are way more risque than I can even be on yeah, stage. Yeah, can't, say, can't ah. be out of pocket. I'll <laughs> be out of pocket. So, but the, but the usually I'm really churchy on stage. Uh, hmm. And I will be, but there's some marriage jokes in there that I just, it reminds me of when I first started stand up and I wasn't like a Christian comedian. I was just another guy. Mm -hmm. So there was no expectations of what I could or couldn't do. Yeah. Right. And that's why this year's set is my personal fame. Fine. Oh, yeah talk
2: about sex strippers it's a it's a whole thing one of the things things that you um talked about and i thought was kind of key and i think maybe we should hit on it again is the journey that you and your husband went through to get Mm -hmm. to a place where you are now Mm -hmm. what advice or tips maybe that you can offer to you know, a woman that's in the scenario right now, she feels, like, yeah, she feels like yeah, she feels like she's at her and wit's her, her end. Her husband
0: is now. I, you know, what's, uh, before you answer, one thing I thought was interesting is that that relationship with your husband caused stress on both sides. It Absolutely. did. You were stressed because you felt deprived and angry, mm-hmm. and he was stressed because he felt like you were asking of him something. Suffocated and rejected, yeah. and, it's, and not and good And now enough. you guys are both doing this, and I just right. I never thought of um. It affecting both parties equally. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Because in a in Melissa's lower desire and I'm higher desire, it makes perfect sense from my point of view. You know, because Mm -hmm. I ask or whatever, but I never thought of uh, in the reverse. It still ends up having the same issue. But I'm sorry, go ahead. I just thought that was interesting.
3: So we've been married 34 years. How old are y'all?
0: We're 36. 36.
3: (laughs) Yeah, I don't (laughs) know why I want to be 37 (laughs) so bad. So we've been married a long time. And, you know, a lot of it is, first of all, I, I remember getting a hold of the fact that what I was doing wasn't working, you know, just like, okay. I, and I, this was before That's I understood, understood attachment theory. I, I knew what he was doing wasn't working. Right. I was quite certain <laughs> you know, this so know that he sure. was wrong, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, I couldn't really see myself. And then, uh, you know, kind of when we, we came to the brink and then I thought, okay, I, I need to do something different. Yeah. Uh, So a lot of it became how I spoke about it, which is really more from vulnerability Mm. than from criticism. You know, so talking about my need, like, you know, I want to be in a marriage that is really sexual. I mean, this is how I experience love. This is how I experience acceptance. This is pleasure to me. I, you know, I, I want to serve and pleasure you and I want it in reverse. And so talking about it from Cal a girl reverse gentle, or just Oh, yeah, I,
0: oh absolutely. Cal girl, man. That is, hey, top three and A number three. Yes, top three cool. and A number three. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Love it. So, yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I think part of it as a pursuer is we need to talk uh from with language that is soft and and with some awareness about that our partner's biggest fear is about being rejected. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, and withdrawers. Right. Um, distancers, they are uber sensitive. Yeah. You know, they they just are uber, uber sensitive. And so you can say one little thing. And I can see my husband's face just go blank. Mm -hmm. Even now, I mean, I'm like, wait, 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 wait. Come back to me. Did you think I was criticizing you? And I think that his anxiety, too, about needing, like, I needed to get hypersensitive to that. So I I remember, and this was fairly recently, probably in the last five years. He came into the house, and he said, honey, are you tired? And I was like, yeah, I'm a little tired. And then it dawns on me about a half an hour, later, wait. Were you like asking if I was up for sex?
0: Yes.
3: And he was.
0: Because and that is that
3: you know, wh- because he was he was anxious about what if he had to ask directly and I was going to say no? The sense of rejection was so He's trying to get the obstacles so out of the way. Right. If you say
0: you're tired, then I'm, I'm just not going to I'm ask. not going to ask. But now, I was
3: like, no, 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 no. I ain't no. that tired. I ain't never that <laughs> if tired. If you need sex, honey, if you want sex, I got it. You know? <laughs> I got it, bro. I got it. I've definitely done so, a soft ass like that. Yeah. So I think party. Uh, and then I what think withdrawals.
0: What are soft ass? They hurt. No, I, I need to know because I'm missing I'm missing <laughs> opportunities.
3: Yeah. No. Okay, let's do it right here. Okay, we'll
0: be oh, in, the come in come therapy, come Oh, come on, therapy. You know what? I think I know one. Can I Dr. share? Doctor Laurie
2: <laughs> um, does intensives. Let's so do intensives. Like, right. Let's go to Raleigh. What are you
0: do? doing tomorrow? <laughs> <laughs> but hey, can I share hour one.
2: Intensive. Okay, what?
0: Okay, this is what I think one is. Okay.
2: okay.
0: Do you want to take a shower?
2: Oh, I fess that night. Yes, because yeah. I do have a fear of stinking.
0: Okay, so I do. a lot of time. So Melissa, Melissa's. Uh, we got to work on her, Doctor. <laughs> yes. uh, recalibrating that mind. But you know what? Uh, this is not her. And when I was a kid, that's girl, you stink. Girl, you stink. It smelled like fish in here. Like that was just all out uh, in the it, hallways. Uh-huh. So I see how we permeated that. We as a culture yep. permeated that. He's just trying to be funny or whatever. So Melissa, sometimes her soft, because if we don't take a shower, the chances are very minimal. So instead of saying, <laughs> hey, do you want some butt, butt? She said, hey, do you want to take a shower? Because last night was an example. I was tired, mm-hmm. right? I was about. I said I'm going to bed. She's like, "Are you showering first I was like, "Absolutely, I am." <laughs> I'm I not you that would, tired. I'm not that tired, and I'm talking about. I woke up at 3 a.m. from Oakland, came here and shot for like eight hours. I was exhausted. But understanding what she's really saying, mm-hmm. we've helps. actually never had this conversation out loud.
1: Uh,
2: I'm realizing it now.
0: Yeah, yeah, because I don't. This is why I like the love hour as a listener. A lot of times you're doing stuff that you don't realize is classified as something.
2: Right, right, right. You're just,
0: you know, though this is what I know what she's saying. Or I'm asking her, do you want to take a shower? And she'll be like, uh, I'm just going to get a bed. I'm like, well, hey, I ain't <laughs> taking no shower either. You know what I mean? So I right. think understanding what your the subtext of your relationship is yeah. so important because we're humans, like in movies and writing, they teach you writing about subtext. People very rarely Come out and ask straightforward That's questions. Right. of right. That's their requests. right. And
3: even pursuers who are critical.
0: I'm a pursuer. Yeah. I ne- but they're I not right necessarily
3: say. saying it from a vulnerable heart,
0: right? Um, right.
3: They're not. They're saying, you know, oh, you know, you, you you don't give it to me enough. You, you know, you don't seem to always be up for it. Versus. You know what? This is the way I get fed. This is the way I feel the deepest connection. Yeah, that's vulnerability. It's absolutely. Like, and and I mean, that just talking about sound
0: it, sexy. That's why it's hard to say. But, like, but wait,
2: can we can we like land on this a little bit? One of the things that um, I've actually talked about in the Love Hour uh, when we've done it live, and you're talking about it now, and I think it's so important is to talk about the deeper meaning of sex with your partner beyond just the physical act Mm -hmm. because as a sexual distancer often or yeah sexual distancers what can happen is you feel like your body is just there to satisfy a need um like a blender physical Okay. Yep. And so understanding the emotional aspect of it, I think, is really important. And so giving um, sexual, high desire people, sexual pursuers, that language to articulate what's going on below this physical need, I think, is really important. Yeah. Because yeah. you can forgive. And think I don't that, think they know. Go ahead.
3: I think that, particularly for males in our culture, right? They are socialized. We, we allow men one path to be vulnerable yes. and that's sexually. We don't allow them much language to talk about their needs to talk about their need for touch Mm-mm. in many ways like I want to be held. I need skin on skin. We can't even be the you little know, spoon I need you to in the relationship. Me. We
0: right, always yeah. have to be the big spoon. Yeah, I want to be cuddled. I want to be like right. this and oh. I want to tuck in.
1: Yeah, I get it. I totally get it. I love that.
0: Hold me, sometimes I had a rough day.
3: Right, and (laughs) and but I also think for sexual distancers that it's not always about uh, not having desire. It's that sometimes desire and the experience of sex is so intense Mm -hmm. that they're managing that intensity for themselves by trying to make sure that it's the right time, the right place, that they're in the right mood because. It's almost like it overwhelms them. Oh yeah, I could see that. You know, so I think sometimes it's a, a little different, and I think respecting that, and um, and then also, like you were saying, that the the low desire person perhaps uh, realizing that it's not just about I want it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's also I want you.
1: Right. And yeah. that to
3: me is, I think, the best ask. That's it's a not, different ask. Hey, aspect. you want sex? But hey, I want you is personal it's vulnerable yeah it's you can not feel like
0: separated from the act yeah i want it the act of sex mm-hmm. i can see myself hearing like hey do you want to have sex like mm-hmm. that is a different and piece there's of like something. uh no yes right because that's like that's like do you want to do you want a burger like no right. not really yeah i'm not like, in but the No, mood. i would like i want you. you oh well me right you know like do you want to eat versus do you want to eat chick-fil-a Mm-hmm. oh yes i would like to eat that you know what mm-hmm. i mean and i never even thought about that myself of like your mind can separate that act from the person and therefore the person hearing that information can feel like this is a a, a thing i can give you but not, it's mm-hmm. you're not asking of me you don't want me the person
3: right exactly can i say something and so it's le- it's more risky to say
0: it that yes way. yes
3: and people respond to it people
2: <laughs> okay i I would like to say something on the behalf of the sexual distancers Yes, ma'am. because also I could interpret I want you as pressure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: That's a mm-hmm. good point.
2: Like I that felt really pressure good. with that and so that could that's scary. Saying, and no, anxiety. I do want me. Yes. And I so that's a you. lot of like anxiety inducing experience. So I, this is just that's me, good. Myself feedback. Yeah. No, that I think is good feedback. I think one um one thing that you said, I don't know. And this was just my experience. In this moment, I, w- I got hot. <laughs> uh-huh. Like, I, I felt whoa, whoa, whoa. myself you like, I, don't, I don't know if I want. To. Yeah, you got too much dip. So one of the things that like I Like, you got felt, hot,
3: like, like, sexually hot? Or you just got, you felt anxiety. a flush, like, anxiety hot? Yes. Okay. Okay. So when you feel that, where do you feel that?
2: Where do you mean where? In my in your heart body. Up.
3: In your heart up. Yeah. Okay. You, you feel hot in
2: yes. your heart up. Like, okay. I'm sweating right now. Uh-huh. I need my other deodorant
3: (laughs) Uh, so it's like okay so you you feel this like flush like I'm there's pressure yes I'm anxious yes yeah
2: so one of the things that you said um earlier that I I don't know I responded to a little bit better and the word you used was softer and I was like that does feel softer was like the interpretation of love and maybe just because I don't know maybe I was just like oh that sounds sweet to me I don't Mm. know um but that felt less pressure inducing to me mm-hmm. than feeling like I want you.
0: You know what's mm-hmm. good okay. about this? Okay. This is why I like The Love Hour. Mm-hmm. What? Tell us why you out, like your own show. I. I it's a great <laughs> show. You're giving advice, right? In general, this is work for you or for clients yeah. and things. But what Melissa's hearing is that phrasing doesn't work for me. That's right. But here's right. what phrasing right. does work for me. And that's what I want the listeners to get. Like, yeah, it that's my, like It's good not a yes, right? Yeah, because... That's good information, but then you have to apply it to my relationship. Do you, my wife, does this question does it elicit a response? Yes.
3: And I think the other thing too, as a pursuer, um, you know, we need to take no, and and withdrawers need to be able to say no. no. Yeah. You know, they need to be able to say, No, I, I'm I'm not interested right now. Oh, without us getting the And through, it like, can't a be a puff. right. Yeah. It can't be like utter rejection. We have to understand, you know, the separateness of our partner, the differentness. And it's like, okay, I may be in the mood when you are not in the mood and that is not a personal rejection. Right. You know, and I think that once there's clarity and once there's freedom, I always say that for sexual withdrawers, that the road to yes is through no. You you have to feel like you can say no, in order and not have a big blow up, in order to have y- yourself free to come forward.
2: Major key. Major key. Major major key. <laughs> I think that, that that was so that was, so good. That was good. good because if you um if I always feel like pressure. It's just it, honestly, it's just easier to say no. But if I if I right no, because no. you're
3: getting yourself space. That yes,
2: way. yes. Yeah. But if I what, feel like no is safe, it's so much easier to like yeah. But yeah, tell to you come what, the forward.
0: pursuers' issue with that is not the no. It's that we decide no for you sometimes, mm-hmm. and we feel like we don't give credit, don't get credit for that. Mm-hmm. So it's like, okay, yeah, you probably look tired. I'm not even gonna ask tonight. Yeah,
3: that, like the 500 times we didn't ask. There's right? a, so, mm-hmm. so many times I didn't <laughs> ask.
0: So when I finally gather the courage to ask, and you say no, it's like yeah well dang i there's you know what i mean so i, I think, didn't ask
3: you the last three nights because I, I knew you were tired i didn't get any credit for that <laughs> That's I,
0: I, it's so weird to hear a woman saying stuff i say in That's, my own head oh I no i this. think it i really think it i, I, really I mean i like,
3: i kind of do say sometimes that like maybe i'm just half boy or something because <laughs> i i i really do live in many ways in more of a male experience i think in mm-hmm. terms of desire and and, and all of that, yeah, um, like, and the difficulty with getting a no, yeah.
2: Yep. I love that we're able to bring this perspective on so the show because it's just not
0: something that and I, I could speak to. I appreciate you for waiting to get the right person. Oh,
2: it was so important to me she to get the right like, person. I was like,
0: you ain't done higher desire? She was like, I haven't found the person. I, I'm I'm I was, it, it was important I to me to
2: find the reason why is because number one, you live this yeah. in real life. And yeah, so it's so, yeah, it's so much more supported. than just the words on the page. Yeah. This mm-hmm. is something that you've experienced before the research and like the education Mm -hmm. piece and now afterward and you're just able to articulate it um with that kind of knowledge and again part of the reason why i said it earlier about the education piece the way the reason why i say it's so empowering is because i've learned so much through educating myself like that is the biggest the biggest piece of um transformation for me is simply wiping wiping my slate clean with everything that i was taught beforehand and like inputting new information yeah. that has been like the biggest um, the biggest thing the other thing that's really important to educate yourself on is wine because the last thing you want to do is go to dinner and order Moscato during dinner although listen do what you want to do though also
0: they but, just look at you crazy
2: Yes, dessert. plus also. or they tell
0: you no in Rome
2: so we went to Rome and ordered <laughs> Moscato and the lady was literally like oh dear heart <laughs>
0: no. <laughs> no. She felt the safeness and comfort to tell you no. I don't think she cared.
2: And we felt like oh okay. But she brought us a bomb red wine and it expanded our palate and we were able to experience something new and different that we wouldn't have experienced otherwise. It's one thing that I love about First Leaf is that it allows you to try different wines. Things you might not think that you like you get to try. And listen Valentine's Day is coming up. There is nothing wrong with having an at home little situation. pour yourself a nice glass of wine set up the little have your kids go to their friend's house and have a little nice romantic (laughs) dinner at the house and sometimes those are the best because you go to restaurants and it's crowded and it's loud and for whatever reason they think the music should be at 500 decibels so you can't even have a conversation which I never understand but that's another note we're coming back to First Leaf I got started by taking the First Leaf wine quiz to assess my exact wine drinking Mm. preferences First Leaf then created a an introductory six pack of wine custom tailored just for me for only 29.95 that is a six packs six pack of wine for only 29.95 seriously this is an amazing deal when my wines arrived I arrived I tasted and rated them online first leaf took my ratings and selected unique wines based on my test taste for my next shipment the wine the first leaf wine club today nope one more time, try First Leaf Wine Club today where buying great wine is simple. Sign up with my link and you'll get an exclusive intro offer, six bottles of wine for only $29.95 plus free shipping. Just go to tryfirstleaf.com/love. Love. That's six bottles of wine for only twenty nine ninety five plus free shipping at tryfirstleaf.com/love. Love six bottles of wine twenty nine ninety five tryfirstleaf.com/love. Love okay great I, for I think, Valentine's Day. It is right? fantastic for Valentine's Day, and I actually want to. Well, actually, before we go into
0: it's just the engineers man they're they doing a lot earthquake. everybody thought it was an earthquake every time
2: um before we go into the questions that we received and we'll answer a few of them i did want you to um offer your date night advice okay for sex because how many of us go out on a date and like at the end of the night we're about to have a night and it's gonna have a good time and you get home and you are tired or you are just not in the mood anymore or whatever because you start thinking about the next day and like child, all Too the things drunk. start happening. So <laughs> what is your piece of advice that you offer for? So I think people should play first. They
3: should Who? get rid of the kids, you know, like <laughs> have the babysitter take them to pizza or something and have wine and appetizers first in your home. I'll Go stairs. Get ready pre- for play foreplay for for before play. the date. foreplay before the game really yeah and then not y'all fruition. make love
2: no go for and it and then
3: you go out to dinner because first of all a lot of women a lot of women, oh, oh oh dr watson uh, you're
0: moving on <laughs> you're saying have sex before the date yes full sex yes oh yeah i never thought about because that. you have energy
3: you got a little bit of food a little bit of wine so, you know, it feels good. You're not too full, you're not too drunk, you're not too tired because if you go out and you have dinner and wine mm-hmm. and all that, you come home and you're exhausted and somebody be angry in the morning.
0: Dude. Right? That is such a practical good piece of advice. You're right. Cuz even me as a sexual pursuer, after date night, I'm tired. Yeah. I'm oh, I, I'm, I'm not. not too tired, <laughs> but I am tired. But oh. you feel very different at 6 than you do at 11. Right. That's right. Do you know what That's I mean? Right. Like,
3: and you I, have energy at six.
0: Man, what happens when your kids move away? It's There's so, so great. much of it. Of <laughs> it so great. I, like got I got that bit. empty
3: nest. It is so great.
0: I mean, they're like running away from us more and more every yeah. day. But when they don't oh, live yeah, with you, 13. you can have sex at 317.
3: Right. Exactly. <sighs> exactly. But no, I really think, you know, it's a better time of the night to do it. And then especially women, I think physiologically, we often wake up after sex And if your partner goes to sleep after sex, there's this disconnect. Whereas this way, you make love, you go out, and you have that sense of closeness all night long. You know, you're kind of mushy-gushy. You know, and you, you feel that. And so and then you come home and you can go right to sleep because there's no pressure. There's you know, it's great.
2: I'm going to tell you actually why I love this idea. It's because low key morning sex is better than evening sex. I said it. You can at me if you want to. And the reason why is because you're waking up instead of going to sleep. Yeah. That's right. That's and the right. And
0: that sucks is, again, the kids. I'm so you serious. You guys take them to school. What if they wake up? And then they're 18 is Now they're in the room. They see their mom doing something they never seen their mom do before. <laughs> and now it's weird. You're like, what if the kids wake up? There's a time pressure. So six o'clock is the best time is what six you're saying. Six o'clock.
3: <laughs> six to seven. In the morning. Late reservation. In the morning.
0: No, you could do it at night too. Yeah. But Morning.
3: In,
2: in morning, re- morning as morning as I get older, break. morning is good. Morning is where it's at. All I'm saying is morning is where it's at. Okay, don't yeah. at me. Yeah. Or at me. I ain't me. going
0: to the gym no more. Cause I'll be going to the gym in the morning. That'll be messing up my sets. <laughs> I think it's fantastic. Must be three hundred and eighty-eight pounds <laughs> <laughs> full of life.
2: That's the only thing is that. But <laughs> feeling good.
3: Feeling you good. have so many things. Ways. But you know, you know what? what? You, know what? what you, have, you know what? This is my theory about that. What is it? The more sex you have, you have sensual pleasure, so you don't need as much sensual pleasure with food. That's
0: oh. my theory. Because you're eating coochie all the time. That's you don't have to worry about eating burgers. <laughs> That's I'm right, full baby. On coochie, you understand? That's <laughs> right. You taste great, girl.
2: okay so let's go through we probably have 15 or 20 minutes and we did receive some really great questions this has been so great um and from the boo hive actually so we're going to um i will answer questions direct from the patreon as well um but one of the questions we have is okay this is a great one we kind of discussed it, but maybe you can like wrap it up in like a nice couple sentences. How do you deal with the stigma around being high desire and ensuring your spouse doesn't feel bad for being a low desire man?
3: Yeah, that's good. Because, I mean, again, not something that I would have talked about. I do have his permission now to talk about it on air, obviously. Um, you know, because we, I, I think being a man is to be sexual. Right. Yeah. And I think my husband was sexual. It was the action. Difference, yep. right? It was coming toward me that created sense of, uh, such a sense of like claustrophobia and intimacy mm-hmm. problems. Essentially, that that was what was difficult. It wasn't that he didn't feel innately sexual. Um, so, I mean, it, it's different, but I, I I think it's with respect. I mean, I'm in a monogamous relationship, and uh, for me, his feelings, the respect that I have for him, I think it's how you talk about it. You know, you you can say, you know, you know, my man, you know, never gives it to me. You know, he's 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 this, that or the other thing. But that's I guess to me, I I only tell people, especially in my private life, that I would have wanted to get help from not not just anybody. Mm -hmm. I mean, shaming your partner. I mean, what kind of behavior is that? Right.
1: Yeah. I mean that's anybody not who does that that
3: is not going to get you sex it's not going that's going to get you right out of the marriage you yeah know? absolutely cuz i i don't i would never put up with that and yeah. i would never want anybody that i was with to put up with that that's crazy
2: yeah and i love that you said one of your biggest like aha moments was your own revelation that what not just what he was doing wasn't working but that what you were doing wasn't working and trying to learn to come from a place of empathy and with love and so you come together and you have this softer conversation conversation about this is how i experience love this is how like i don't know i those words wrap me in a hug like mm-hmm. that's what i feel when i hear those words and maybe that's a different conversation than talking about like your need for sex Yeah. cuz that just feels like or well, my child, right I'm more to sex that. i mean there's a or lot, my lot of right.
3: right in in Christ- christendom in my, oh. yes. you know there's a whole lot of you got to give it to Submit. me you owe it to me all of yeah. that is crap in terms of you know having your partner really want to come towards you yes yeah. because what we want is our partner to come toward us yep. with a heart you know to give to us to be with us we, you know obligatory sex it, you know, duty sex forget Stay it trash you know that, we don't want that you nobody like wants a chore that
0: on the list of chores yeah i got vacuum mop so good dishes sex clean the refrigerator out yeah you're oh. not even the last chore i got something to do after this so let's right. just wrap it up that's yeah, great ooh,
3: yeah that i got something to do later that ooh, that one that's Just a killer. Stings.
0: yeah
2: that stings so good do men often feel intimidated or do you think men often feel intimidated by a high desire woman
3: well you know i was churchy when mm. i got married so i don't know if men felt intimidated or not because i wasn't doing that <laughs> <laughs> you know, I—I I mean, I do have people that interview me, and they say, "Just think, if you were dating again, you know, people would be so intimidated by you because you're a sex therapist." And it's like, I—I I mean, I—I I think for me, being a sex therapist is about. Um, you know, certainly knowing something, but it but it isn't about criticism or a standard. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think for my husband and I, he, he always laughs. He's like, are you trying something new on me? You know? <laughs> <laughs> you know, are you doing something new to me? You know, but it's a joke. Yeah. I, I mean, and we just have fun with it. Um, I, I think good sex is about attunement. Yeah. Good sex is about being with a partner and really being deeply connected uh, and and that's what the research says too. It's not just me. It's optimal sex is basically when you um, can move with your partner, feel your partner, like your hearts are sinking. That's great sex. So it's not about a bad performance. Um, that is doctor so Emily said 100% that too. One hundred
0: percent true. It Emily not, said that too. Yeah, she did say that. And it's yeah, it's it's nearly impossible to have good sex if you don't feel close in your relationship. The mm-hmm. sex you can have the performative act, but it doesn't feel as close uh, or as fulfilling. Yes,
3: I also think though, sex is a path. It's I mean it also makes us feel, you know, Absolutely. close. Absolutely. I mean sometimes I think as a low desire oh, person, say right it again, you say know? it again. I mean, sometimes it's like I get it. I'm a woman.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: I w- I want to feel safe emotionally before I have sex, but every once in a while creating emotional safety through sex is powerful too.
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, you don't
3: always have to wait for that moment. I, I you know, women tell me every day of the week. You know, but I can't have sex unless I feel close to him. I'm like, really? I, I get that. But every single time? Can't yeah. sometimes you feel like you know you want to give and you know your partner, usually male, is, is going to feel safer afterwards. His heart's going to open up. His mouth is going to open up because yeah. he's going to talk
0: oh, afterwards. To talk.
3: Right. I mean I think they helped talk. <laughs> That's what I was talking about. But <laughs> she like really actually came to that
0: realization a while ago. I think that is And so that was very key. powerful. I think um might have been like 3 years ago I think 2 or 3 years ago when she Tell realized me what that. I thought. When you <laughs> <laughs> you talked about this where she was like I felt like uh, elitist like I don't need sex mm-hmm. in, in the relationship and but uh, therefore I am better you remember this we talked yeah, about yeah, yeah, Hour? yeah. Um, then when you understood how I processed that and like what if I just felt like I don't have to talk to you because talking is not important to me communicating is not important do I feel And what if I was like I feel better I'm elitist because I don't need to communicate with you how mm-hmm. would you feel if I just was withholding communication from right. you you know what I mean and right. that was like a revelation for her like oh no like this is the way I feel love when we have close communication. Well, this is the way he feels love when we have sex. Intimate, and the more sex yeah. we have, sex. the more I open up. Because after you have sex, you be like, girl, I love you. I want to talk to you. I want to hold you. What do you <laughs> think about our future? You know what I mean? Because you are like openly, you know what I mean? Like some- I like you. <laughs> so sometimes for men, when we don't get that, when we're high desire, you end up being like, well, I don't want to talk about nothing then. Yeah. I don't right. want to. I don't feel. I don't, I don't feel close since we're not having sex I don't want to open up talk about my hopes and dreams I'm not going to be if I can't be vulnerable with you and, to just have sex, and I don't risks to talk.
3: right yeah. I, mean, I, I know after sex to me is like this sweet afterglow where I'm just wide open mm-hmm. willing to admit my faults willing to do anything you know, you know what know? I did
0: eat your leftovers yeah. I didn't want to say nothing about it but I feel so close to you now but they was just in there
3: okay what we got
2: um, people are saying they want you to do an after dark episode. That Ooh, would probably
3: what is that? be really oh, Love good Love our after dark is what, what is we have on our dark?
0: Patreon. Uh Camel Stage Studios, which is rocking right now. We have Oof. a great community in there. Um, I think you'd be great for Love. I after do dark. too.
2: I should totally schedule one with you afterward yeah. We okay. can talk about it after It's just
0: so we can go a little further. A little oh. deeper. Yeah, yeah. You understand? Me? A little more Balls deep if you will. A little more explicit. Yeah, a little bit uh, more explicit. Um okay. and it, it allows us to answer more questions. Because we have more time. Yeah. Uh, That's actually a really great idea.
2: Okay. I'll do like one or two more. This one is a big one. How do you deal with the reject? We kind of talked about this, but I guess I'll ask. How do you deal with the rejection that can come with being a high desire partner? Is it, it is easy to interpret that as your spouse not being attracted to you Mm -hmm. um, or you're not doing something right some uh, especially when you fall into the framework that men want sex but yours doesn't
0: oh that's a good question
3: yeah i mean i I would say frankly i struggled with that for many years Mm -hmm. thinking okay what's wrong with me i'm too fat i'm too this you know whatever um i i think as i became more of a secure person uh, i did my own work you know, and did my own work in therapy. Don't ever trust a therapist who hadn't gone to therapy. That's crazy,
1: yeah. you know. Major um, key. Yeah, really, you should go to I mean, therapy. you gotta
3: you gotta do you your crazy? own work so you can separate your stuff from your patient's stuff. But I, I think that, um, like what I talked about, I didn't come from a childhood where I had secure attachment. Mm-hmm. So I was kind of subject to all kinds of things in my relationships, not just my marriage, but in all my relationships. Yeah. And so I think as I became more secure, I, I began to think, okay, this isn't all about me. This is also about his stuff and his difficulties. And and that re- that separateness really helped me. I, I will say my third baby, too, helped me. I was, like, in the worst shape of my life. But I I had a natural childbirth. And I'm, not, it's, I'm not about that necessarily. But it was a very powerful experience for me. And I had renewed respect for my body Mm. you know and strength training it's like I I feel like I have respect for my body and so I think part of that helped it's like okay it's not just about the body it's it's about something in the space between us and you know fortunately my husband did his own work and we were able to talk about that I I think probably more than anything in the world that kind of therapy where you investigate your internal beliefs like what you tell yourself, that that really becomes helpful in terms of dealing with that rejection. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's not it's not about me.
2: I want to actually do a podcast episode called "The Space Between Us," and you just said yes, that yes, and, uh, Be-
3: because sex is is between us. Mm-hmm. Sex is not just in one body; it isn't in the low desire person or in the high desire person. Desire is shared; it's how we relate.
1: Mm-hmm. You know, even people like
3: good. who do you know, I have treat all kinds of stuff, but like vaginismus, which is mm-hmm. the woman's vagina shuts down and cannot allow penetration. And you think, well, clearly it's her problem, right? Yeah, but when I treat the couple. As soon as I get her able to allow penetration, then he becomes impotent. He gets ED. It, it is crazy, but sex is between us.
2: Wow. So, yeah. That was good.
0: Be good indeed.
2: Um. Okay, last question from this. Joshua, What? how much time do we have?
0: We are you did. We just started, come, come just on started
2: you guys. guys. Okay we got lots of questions. Uh, I know we do. So well, last question on this and I'll go to the um, live okay. questions. How can you or do you ever find fulfillment with having just one partner as a high desire person?
0: I just want to say I get this Dear Kev question all the time from higher desire women. Mm-hmm. Um, I never answer it because I don't know how to make a joke of it. <laughs> and it seems too serious to make fun of. But it's like my husband won't have sex with me. I don't know what to do. Should I just get a side dude? I get yeah. that question all the yeah. time.
1: Yeah,
3: and I mean, I think some people do that. I, my commitment is to monogamy, so uh, that's my lifestyle choice. I think there are certainly people who open up their marriages and do that. I I think integrity demands that you talk about it and decide together. You know,
0: mm, I like that integrity you demands. Said, you know, so that's a good way to say what my personal beliefs are, but that might not be your relationship thing. Yeah, I'm not
3: going to tell anybody how they ought to manage their lives. Um, I, I would say that. You know if you don't do it with integrity, you're going to destroy relationships.
0: Yeah, even yeah. people who have open relationships can still feel that their uh, the parameters of their open relationship were violated.
3: Absolutely. And it feels the same as, oh, yeah, as cheating. And, and the thing about open relationships, so this is my bias, but, you know, it's it's complicated. Like it my is. husband says, God, one woman is just
0: plenty enough know of
3: a complication. I you don't know? know how
0: people do it multiple it, ways.
3: It's like because we're talking about sexual pursuit and emotional pursuit and withdrawal. And on multiple fronts, it's like, man, you're keeping a lot of balls in the air there, so to speak.
0: You're going to keep balls in your mouth. You can't That's fit them all. You're trying to catch them in the air. That's balls a lot. in your mouth. Right? Balls everywhere.
2: Exactly. <laughs> okay, this is a live question. What potential issues do you see when both people are high desire and sexual pursuers? <laughs> Nothing. I was about to
3: say
1: that, that'd
2: be
3: <laughs> great. Are you kidding? That's the fantasy of every sexual pursuer is to that want doesn't to happen often, does it? It really doesn't because something happens in in between us. Even in securely attached people who find each other, one is slightly more distant than the other in some way. So Got I it. mean, I you know I. I think when we're first together with a partner, oftentimes it just feels very fluid, Mm -hmm. you know, that we are, you know, absolutely in bed all the time. But then, you know, you got to go to work and raise children and, you know, get up. And I mean, so there's difficulties that happen in a longer relationship that impact that. Um, But I, I think that's the fantasy. You know, I do. I will say, though, I do know people who have a lot of sex. And sex is not where they fight out this power struggle. I, mm-hmm. I see one couple and they literally have sex and have for twenty years twice a day.
2: Oh wow They every wake day? up that
3: every day. They wake up that way and they go to bed that day. I'm like, man, that that's amazing. But they, they just
1: wow they're both
3: made that way. But they've got other issues. I mean, right. we're gonna fight out sort of the issues got it, yeah. of pursuit and distance somewhere. But they don't they don't do it on the sexual field. Hmm. Wow. So
2: um. okay this question is does sexual trauma have a greater effect on low desire on a low desire person I will say this for that question I think on the 20th which might be next week actually I am going to be talking to a trauma specialist I don't know if that's okay. the right word Um. about how sexual trauma impacts romantic relationships so stay tuned to yeah. that I'm that's going to be a great episode. And you need to do
3: a whole segment on that. So, you know, it depends on when the sexual trauma happens and sexual trauma, you know, if you've been traumatized in childhood, it's, you can hardly come out of childhood uh, with that without being insecurely attached. So, you know, either, I mean, it, When we're young and we're violated, right? I mean, it's going to change our experience of life forever Mm -hmm. until we get healing. Mm
1: -hmm. And, And
3: I do believe there is healing and you can be fully recovered. But let's say you have a good childhood and a stranger, God forbid, rapes you, and everybody around you says it wasn't your fault and you're handled sensitively by the police do police handle anybody sensitively but um, you know uh, it's like (laughs) some of them do some of them do you know but there's like you know support for you you may come out of that and be able to recover much more quickly Um, so I think some of it is the age and it depends on your existing attachment style you know if if you get violated in let's say in college date raped or something and you've come out of a um, a background that says you know basically you know my father was erratic he was an alcoholic you know mom was mouse he never protected me i mean yeah you're, you're not going to be able to fully enter right. sexuality yeah
1: that so makes sense. but
3: I, I i can hardly wait to hear what's happening next week because i would say really important very healable you can be well you can then again you know have sexuality as a gift to you so do that
2: have sexuality as a gift back to you that yeah, was back good. to yourself very
3: good
1: yeah. yeah that
2: was good okay um do we have any other questions here um Kevin do you have any questions
0: no. <laughs> I'm tasting tonight. <laughs>
1: are you really going <laughs> good taste test
0: absolutely the taste test i can't be the ridiculous person and then not match my own ridiculous that's
1: right that's
0: i right. gotta And i am even gonna say it's easy i'll update you guys on the live after dark <laughs> that's right can't be talking about tasting myself <laughs> actually doing it and talking about it publicly but lhad good. lhad oh you'll know about the taste test
2: oh yeah um, I think that's it Did you have anything You wanted to share I'm trying to see If there's questions Come Oh whoa Hold on
0: this also boy has to go somewhere So okay. we, we, we have to Respect his time
2: Um, Okay There's nothing there There was like A ton of updates But I think that was it uh, Did you have anything no, That you so wanted not. to share With our Like maybe something We didn't cover
3: No I mean I think this is fantastic I think you guys Are doing a good work Thank you In yeah. terms of You know Helping people Talk about subjects that, especially if we grew up the way we grew up, mm-hmm. you know, there's repression and difficulty. And so I'm grateful for you. I really am. Thank, so. you. Thank you. Yeah.
0: Melissa does all the work. Thank you. I just be coming up and talking crazy. <laughs> she does all the pre work. I'm late. <laughs> she does all the pre work. She books the guests. I come on like, who we have to? Oh, higher Desire. On the way here, I was like, oh snap. And then I just come here and say ridiculous stuff. Yeah.
2: Hilarious. Well, for anyone who is interested in following you, finding you, can you provide them with your socials and the podcast? Sure. Okay. So the podcast, Foreplay Radio,
3: Sex and Couples Therapy on iTunes. Mm -hmm. And you can find me anywhere um, podcasts are, definitely. Awaken Love and Sex is my direct website. And we're on all the social medias. So, uh, Four Play Radio basically
2: on Facebook and... Twitter and Insta. yeah. We're and good. if you're interested in following um, the podcast, they are actually tagged on my Instagram Thank you. Um, as well. And I'll share it on my personal Miss Kev on stage page as well. But um, she's tagged as of today, which is Tuesday. So by the time this comes out on Thursday, you'll be able to find her um, information as well. Um, I think that is it. In the meantime, between time, stay tuned. February is going to be a great month for the Love Hour conference. I will be doing the giveaway this month. Uh, We still have tickets available. They will be on sale this month. And then I also have something else very special that I'm going to do Um, for just one day and that probably gave you an idea of what it is it'll be for 24 hours one day we are doing something very special so stay tuned Mm. to that if you're interested in Mm. attending the love (laughs) hour conference um make sure you stay tuned for that thelovehour.com for tickets again that information is available right now and i think that is it kevin Goodbye. Me? Thank you guys so much for joining us today. Thank you, Dr. Laurie Ann Every time I say your name, I hear your intro. Um, Couple sex therapy, author of something. Wanting sex again. Wanting sex again. Yeah, (laughs) I hear it in my head all the time in your voice. It's quite funny to me. Um, That is it. Make sure you guys follow Dr. Laurie. Thank you guys for joining us today. Until the next episode. Bye.